1: I still have the most vivid memory. We were writing um, the, the "I Can't Stop Burrowing" show where Missy Tier in jail, and um, so there's it's really this build-up. And it's like three o'clock in the morning. We're sitting in Linda's back room. Her husband's through the next wall, asleep, hope, presumably. I'm pacing around the room, and we're writing and it's like with this really angry scene it's like right that's it i'm going to get her she's done this i'm she's so dead and then Gerda's line is i know i'm going to poo in her bed <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god what day is it why don't kids put an s on the end of maths anymore And when is the first parent gonna drop an accidental F-bomb in the background of an unmuted class Zoom so we can all stop walking on eggshells in our own homes, for Christ's sake? Welcome to hell. In good news, Nelly remembered another friend of ours who's very useful at the moment. Her name is Faye. She used to be a famously weird comedian and now she's a secretly weird real estate advocate. So she has lots of words of comfort and good advice for renters and mortgage payers alike. But first, I have a vanity-related unveiling. Thank you for downloading this episode of Welcome to Hell on the Nitty Gritty Committee with Michelle Laurie and Nellie Thomas. Nellie and I will no doubt be live-streamed drowning our sorrows again with a guest from 6pm on Friday night on the Australian True Crime Podcast YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. We're blondes and so we have reached that time in our cycle, if you will, <laughs> where we were like, okay, regrowth is bad. What are we going to do? Nellie Thomas went, she went Mad Max real early and shaved. <laughs> yeah, she's not mucking around. This week was my week of desperation and I just wanted to have a big what
3: reveal. Have
1: you done? Yeah, I'm in turban oh, town, guys. Look, honestly, those eyebrows just um Take All right. over everything anyway. I was just going to say, they're there to die for.
2: I mean, I note that you've got your face on. Yeah, there are no casual turban looks. There are none.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, though? You, you can do a turban. like I, Because I did the shave, because, I mean, for those who missed out on this, like, breaking news last week, yeah. I got the dog clippers yeah. and got rid of my luscious <laughs> don't you? Me, Michelle Laurie, because I will punch you.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. And I've shown my <laughs> head before, but it's only just yeah. grown back. It's growing back now because I want to grow up my
3: grades. I thought, what better time? I've been trying to grow up my grades for a couple of years, but you can never get it right.
2: I'll can never you? forget when my mum one day came to pick me up after swimming club. So, swimming club was at the end of school because I grew up in Queensland, as you know. At the end of school, we used to go for swimming lessons at the pool, which we had at our school. And so I went out and all the mums were lined up at the fence as they always were, but I was like, I was only about seven. I was like, where's mom? Where's mom? And I was looking at all these women. And this lady stepped forward and went, Shell, it's me. <laughs> and she had this huge blonde afro. This was oh. 1979-ish. Okay. It was Shell. It was yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah, real sure
3: stuff. But you know what? You with the turban, like I tried a couple of turbans this week because my daughter's got a couple of the you know the headbandy kind of things. Oh my! Like, I look like Bert Newton. Like I do not have <laughs> the face shape for that kind of headgear. But you, you look like heaven on a stick. Thank you so much
2: because I don't have the face shape for the shave.
3: Now, Faye, I'm going to I'm going to start with with a little. I hope it's rare, but Michelle might correct me. I'm going to have a little whinge in a minute, but yeah, before what? before we do that, just for the listeners who aren't familiar with you, can you introduce yourself?
1: <laughs> Hi, uh, well, I'm Faye Faye Younger, um, formerly a comedian, which is how I know these moles. I oh know these moles, um, <laughs> and yeah. I have my own real estate advocacy company now. So that is what I do is advocate in any real estate transaction, no matter what it is, buying, selling, renting, blowing it up, I'm there. That wasn't a very good introduction of
2: yourself, Faye. That was shit house. Was I'm, going shit. To do, I, I'm going to do it for you because it. yeah. it's hard to do it yourself. Faye, yeah. younger, was part of Miss Itchy as well as being a comedian alone and doing other things. Yeah. But Miss Itchy, and I say is part of Miss Itchy because Miss Itchy will never die. They will just get sort never. of um, smellier. Yeah. <laughs> you are now such a respectable real estate professional yeah. it's actually mind-blowing to me I know The the an announcement you put out on socials at the beginning of the lockdown and the yeah. economic thing that just flew on straight away and the message that you put out to the tenants I just forgot you reminded me immediately of course you've got tenants that you're dealing with now people who just lost their job overnight and they're mm. Coming to you for guidance, and they're like, I can't pay my rent. And but you are also then advocating for the owners and our fae, you know, our crazy fate yeah, in this situation. Fate. Just before
3: the lockdown, like we were already in lockdown for our family, but yes. just before the lockdown, we put our motherfucking house on the market. And of course, who was it going to get to deal with all that like paperwork? Other than Faye and her
0: compadre
3: <laughs> Jody J Hill, also former comedian, now real estate agent. Yep. What can yeah. What? I Tell you, in the midst of lockdown, you can't do inspections. You can't do fucking auctions. You know, everything's gone to shit. This bitch just sold my house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Um. It was challenging and and, and really interesting. <laughs> challenging. <laughs> Look, it, okay, it's a really different way to work. Um, so just just being flexible and, and then working because as a vendors advocate, I work alongside the person that's selling and I sit down with them and go, okay, let's, that's her, uh, let's choose an agent that's right for this house, right mm-hmm. for what outcome you're after because it's really different. It's right across the board different for everybody. I had a Zoom meeting
2: today with some women who are doing a um, conference on leadership, women in leadership, right, and, of course, it was booked ago, and they've decided to go ahead with it and they're going to do it all. It's all online and everything and I'm one of the speakers. And I said to them, first things first, like, good on you for showing the leadership in going ahead with it because all the other gigs have been cancelled and it's really cool that you said, no, listen, we're going to go ahead. And in the course of our conversation I was saying to them how I, I feel for people like we're performers we've been on hold with Centrelink for three days we've been through all this stuff before we've been through losing jobs um losing high paid jobs losing like life being turned upside down yeah um, so have you found that for you and Jody, you you have some
1: resilience in this area like has that been a strength for you guys my advocacy is very separate to her sales stuff. Right. Um, together, we have a leasing company called She Lords, um, mm-hmm. which is our baby, and we love it. And it's it's getting through this period. It will probably actually cost us money. That's sort of the heart and, and the soul of the business. But um, we started that right <laughs> right at the bottom of the economic downturn. Nobody wanted to sell. Buyers were really hard to find and pin down, and we were. I remember sitting in our this gorgeous little office that we had big Chanel pictures and and these great big table just going, "What now? Yeah, what the fuck are we doing? How many times have you
2: booked a booked a theatre and thought,
1: what,
2: oh, what, oh, how many
3: times we've all done that? Can I say I can actually t- I could tell, like going through this process over the last say <laughs> like four to six weeks with Faye and Jody, who, you know, on the their role with us is basically at, you know, quite unquote real estate agents. But I can mm. tell you if we'd been dealing with, you know, one of the big boys, one of the mainstream kind of services, I have no doubt that they would not have been able to pivot. In the way that Faye and Jodie have, and mm. immediately got onto like Jody within, you know, tw- less than 24 hours of lockdown was going, right, I'm doing virtual tours. Here's a funny little thing through the house. Here's a da da da. Faye's onto, right, we're going to switch to this client. We can do an online auction. We can, like, that kind of flexibility is not something that you just have, it's something that you learn over years. And I think it's one of the things that yeah. performers are undervalued for. Like, we yeah. you know how to fix it up. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's like you're not going to take our audience away. I don't care if there's three people a night and I'm in Chinatown underground yeah. in a car park with
2: some guy smoking. I'm doing my fucking show. You guys, speaking of never giving up, I'll never forget one night because you were always late, terminally, terminally late, and you would just blow in at the last, last, last second. And I'll never forget one night standing at the Prince Pat in Carlton, okay, Collingwood, and we were going, Where are where are Linda and Faye? And you're meant to be on stage in minutes. And I turned to Lyndall McIlwain and I said, Where are they? And she goes, Ugh, oh, probably waiting for something to freeze. And it was just <laughs> the funniest <laughs> <laughs> But can I tell you, here's what I, I found out like a month ago. I'm having lunch with Matt Hardy, beautiful Matt Hardy. And um and he's a great comic and now he runs rooms in Melbourne and and he just has inspired me so much. He's just, just such a good friend and he pushes me to do yeah. things. So he just said to me once, you should do live shows with the Australian True Crime, the podcast. And I was like, uh, yeah, dickhead, as if anyone's coming to see live shows and a fucking podcast. Anyway, fast forward. It's, it's been such a big thing for us, right? So he's yeah. that kind of friend. And he was explaining to me that all, all of those acts, including the Mighty Boosh, were put together by this agency, this super agency in London, which I did. I never knew that. But Matt did stand yeah. up in London for a long time. So to me, that even makes it further removed because you and Linda were two women who, natural. I mean, right, so natural. And Linda organic. is 10 years older than you. She was already a suburban mum of ki- three kids. And yeah, so the magic of the two of you then
1: is so much more special. So it's organic. <laughs> yeah. you it know? was bizarre. A kismet. And, look, we yeah. didn't. We didn't start doing Missichi, that was our secret stuff. That was the stuff that <laughs> I, I still have the most vivid memory. We were writing um the the I Can't Stop Burrowing show where Misichi are in jail because they've brought down Australian sports. And there's this we're getting to this really climactic scene. They're in um, they're in a cell with a really aggressive, angry um, cellmate who's played by Kim Hope, who's who we called Friggin <laughs> because she used to swear a like, lot. She's all like, oh, friggin' this friggin' that. She listens to this podcast, by the way, so you can send her a chill. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Friggin. And um, so this it's really this build up. This and it's like three o'clock in the morning. We're sitting in Linda's back room, her husband's through the next wall, asleep. Hope, presumably. I'm pacing around the room and we're writing. And it's like with this really angry scene, it was like, right, that's it. I'm going to get her. She's done this. I'm. She's so dead. And then Gerda's line is, "I know. I'm going to poo in her bed." <laughs> 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 and the release of that tension, of that that big build up, with that ridiculous line. We had to go outside so we wouldn't wake the household with three kids and a husband, yeah. and just roll around in the grass, crying with laughter.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.
3: Now, Faye, obviously yes, my at the moment I know you're, uh, Michelle and I have been talking about that sandwich generation stuff which you also are, being yes. sort of wedged between youngest children and parents and your I parents. Know, your mum hasn't been particularly well. So no. how has like, ISO been for
1: you guys? Um, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, weird. So my husband Ben has been doing the shopping for everybody um, because I'm also, and you know, compromised. I've got a really shit lung condition, so I pulled the pin like a week or two earlier before everybody else. I yanked the kids out of school and so do we. yeah. So we we've sort of been isolating mum and dad have being isolating, and um, we take their groceries up once a week. We've given them a, a Google Home, so mum's learning how to say. Okay, Google, put shopping list, which is hilarious. And then I'll get a phone call from her, and she'll go, and I can hear you know jazz music screaming in the background. She's like, I can't <laughs> get it to turn off. <laughs> How
3: are you going with the homeschool? How are they going with? It? I mean, you live on a fuck off property.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, there. I I put up. I saw all the posts on on socials going you know, all the mothers drinking and threatening bodily harm and stuff. So I put up a little post and went, oh, this shit's so easy. Took a photo over their shoulders of them playing Minecraft.
2: Yeah. My kids changed schools this year for Louis' learning mm. issues, right? And yeah. so the school is very, very hands-on. Like they started their online learning early and all that. So they're Zooming once an hour. It's very full on. Anyway, the other day at Coles, I ran into a mum from the old school. We were so happy to see each other. We're chatting and she sort of made out that it was really cruisy, the old school's curriculum. And I came home, I was like, God, it doesn't sound like they're doing much. Then I talked to another mum who's like, ah, we didn't get it all done until five last night. And I realised, oh, mum number one just doesn't give a fuck.
3: This kind of situation brings out who you are. Yeah. You know,
2: if you're kind of, if you're pretty like, you know,
3: let's see how we go and they're only going to miss a few months, you know, let them play Minecraft, who gives a fuck, which is probably the right approach but not my approach, you know. Well, like,
2: also, let me tell you who I am. I'm a mum who's now paying a shit ton of money to the school they go to so yeah. they're fucking doing it. <laughs> they're doing it. Yeah.
3: Mum is getting their fucking money's worth. Come well, on. Can I have my, can I have, I feel like I don't do this much, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I just want to have a very brief carer winch. Go for Look, it. I'm not going to indulge in it. There's a lot of reasons that I'm always quite, you know, in in the, well, not that I'm doing it much anymore, but even in my media work, I'm quite sort of wary of whinging about or complaining about or talking about the hard aspects of being a carer because First and foremost, being cared for is harder than being a carer. Like I get that. Anyone listening who's in the disability community, I fucking get it. I totally see it every single day. But can I just say with my carer hat on, caring for someone with a chronic illness, also caring for someone on the autism spectrum in the same house at the same time in isolation where I can't leave,
1: Yeah, is doing
3: my head in like I just. anyone listening and I know there's a couple of mums in particular who are listening with autistic kids and fuck me I love them like their brains are amazing and they're brilliant mm-hmm. and they're incredible but one of the hallmarks of autism is anxiety yeah. and difficulty dealing with change fuck me if we're trying to all cope with change and anxiety at the moment and it is
1: hard yeah that's yeah. what I to say. Yeah, and you know what, this, this situation that we're in is hard for people that whose kids are, you know, generally easy to get along with.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, you know,
1: it's double, triple time, but, you know, my house is worse than yours, so fuck off. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> and do
3: you know what, the reason I mention that is because I have Seen a cut like I totally get it. Everything's relative. Like there's someone who's yeah. in a far harder situation than me. There's someone who's in an, you know it's all relative. But I know that they're in particular. There's there's I know we've got listeners who are capital C carers, yeah. and I just want to say to you like I've had a re- actually really good week, but today I've just lost my shit. Like it just accumulates and it just. Yeah. Even when you're caring outside of coronavirus, every now and then you just lose it. You keep it together and every now and then you just have one of those days where you lose it. Today mm. is that day. For those listening, I'm with you. Like I hear you, I'm with you. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. But what do you do, Faye, when you've got clients? I mean you must have people relying on you in your professional capacity. You you can't really
1: just go, sorry, I'm not, I'm not in acceptance yeah. to that. The biggest issue for us at the moment has been Dealing with our tenants yeah, who are yeah. just devastated and, you yeah. know, their lives have just halted. We've got landlords who are freaking out yeah. because their incomes have stopped. They're in the arts, so they've got nothing. The yeah. point, though, that you raise is that not every
2: um, owner of a an investment property is oh. an old-rated couple who have millions in the bank. I mean, right. you know, I've had investment properties before when I was really struggling to cover the mortgages on both of them, but we're sort of taught that that's what you're meant to do in Australia to try and get ahead and so a lot of people are only only just covering everything. It might be your income. Yeah. You know, it might be literally the only, especially if you're an. a lot of failed
3: clients, it might be your only income.
2: My mum lives in a granny flat behind my house and she lives on the pension, so she doesn't pay rent and she doesn't pay any bills and she barely gets by on yeah, the face that's of the pension, right. paying for her medications and just her life. So yeah. I don't know, without an investment property or whatever, which she doesn't have, um, I don't know how an, a pensioner who doesn't have family survives. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know what you're meant to do. Can I Man, ask I,
3: right, I know it. that there's probably most of the people listening, not all, but most of the people listening will be renters rather than landlords. So let's yeah. say I'm renting a place and i'm having you know i've lost my work or my work hours have been reduced whatever my income's been reduced yeah um, one of the things that i've noticed among friends is kind of what i think of as zero to hundred so they're like i want no rent or full rent whereas it seems to me to be more sensible to
1: be trying to negotiate something in the middle um you you talk with your property manager um first because they're your point of contact i seen the person um.
3: at state agent not the landlord yeah
1: yeah no no because most people deal with their with their property manager they're they're the intermediary between them and the landlord how can you be sort of formal and firm without being
3: over the top
1: uh it's we've done a lot of advocating this week actually we've had a lot of people reach out that, that aren't with us just going oh my god i'm not getting any any leeway, and so we've just sort of given them a script to go back with, and and just say, here's what I can afford. Here's my situation. Um, please ask the landlord to to speak to their insurer, um, because that's we've got to exert um, some force on the insurers um, yeah. and the banks too. We really need to be exerting some force on the banks because you know it's all well and good to to have a reduced. Um, capacity to pay back and then the banks are saying well it's you know we can we can you you can have six months off but what they're not saying out loud is all of that interest is compounding so your payment at the end is going to be massive make no mistake
3: this is not charity from the bank they love you no no exactly six
2: months worth of interest off you i've had a pause before and i had a pause for three months and then i had I had to negotiate it and the, my negotiation was then to repay that missing amount in the following three months. So yeah. that was what I negotiated but that was the pressure was put on me to do that. So uh, yeah. Yeah, for me the following three months were pretty intense. But so yeah. at least, uh, again, at least I had an understanding going into this period of time of what that meant. But for right. a lot of people this is the, their first time at this rodeo. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I know it sounds on the news like, Oh my god, that is so yeah. wonderful! Thank you. I don't have to worry about my mortgage for three months. But no, don't do it unless
3: you absolutely have to,
2: because it's, it's going to as, cost money. It's the same yeah. as super graduation option, the graduation option—the idea that you can tap into some of your super. Mm. AMP already just cancelled my uh, life insurance, and you know I've got like not millions, but I've got like a lot of life, in, a lot of super with AMP, but only because I haven't contributed the extra amount in the last year or something because I haven't had a big job That's anymore. But it just cancelled my life insurance. Yeah. So you have to crazy. be so careful with that because if you take money out of your super and you get below a certain rate in there, a certain amount of money, they'll strip you of a lot of advantages. But can I
3: just go back to the renting for a moment? Like let's just yeah. assume people are listening. If I ring my agent, let's say it's one of the big, you know, it's Jealous Craig or I don't know, it's one of the big kind of mainstream agents and I ring them and say, look, my rent's normally $500 a week. I've lost my job. I can afford to pay, you know, $290. Um, Otherwise I'm going to need to move out or like how do I, how would you approach it? Let's say you're ringing me and I'm the real estate agent. Do you go like desperation or do you just go frank or do you like
1: how do you handle it just facts take all the take as much emotion out of it as you can because that that escalates and colors what you're saying yeah Um, stick to the facts and you know ask for um for for some relief i mean you can't be evicted you flat out cannot be evicted during this time but that that's also not a get out of jail free card either. That doesn't mean yeah. sit there and pay nothing. Um, if you can afford to pay something, work with your, with your landlord and, and um, find a good solution but know that on the other side, they're up shit creek as well because their insurers are telling them no.
2: But also face so, up, what does happen if we say to ourselves, okay,
1: they can't evict
2: me so I'm just going to sit here under my doona and just do nothing for six months or whatever, what, what does that mean? What happens? What happens Is that man? accumulating? Yeah. What what happens?
1: Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, the owner will take you to BCAT. Right. Um, there, there'll be some kind of judgment against you eventually. What it does is it really makes the next rental that you go for really difficult to get. Yeah. Just going back, buddy, more than 20 years when I worked
3: in homelessness, so our definition of being at risk of homelessness was mm-hmm. being in um, accommodation stress or, or stress, like either your mortgage, usually not a mortgage, usually rent, Yeah. Is, it's more than 30% of income, then you're in danger. Yeah. And really interesting how quickly that shifted. It was, you know, by what, the early 2000s, it was just normal for you to be paid oh, yeah. 40, yeah. 50 of your income on your housing, which is actually a really dangerous, knife edge way to live.
1: Yeah. Honestly, if, if I had to rent one of our properties at the moment with my income the way it is right now, You'd be screwed. I'd be up shit creek. I mean what what's what's average rent
2: in Melbourne now? What you know, what are we talking a month now? I think our
1: average is probably two and a half to three grand a month. Oh, my God. How yeah. The thing I've noticed already because
3: we, same as you, Faye, and actually Michelle as well, we've been in lockdown probably like a little bit longer than other people because of my daughter's illness and, yeah. oh, my God, how much my bills have gone up. Yeah. If you think of like when you've got, you know, three, four, five people in the house all day when at least one or two of them are usually
1: not in the house. You're using a lot more electricity. Uh, everybody that lives within about a 40K radius of me heard me screaming at everybody to get off the fucking internet yes.
0: Oh gosh.
1: yesterday morning. Oh, my gosh. And how are you going with garbage, by the
2: way? Am I the only person drowning under garbage? Like, oh, no. I have drowning. to go out and find I've got my yeah. favourite bins around the neighbourhood where I'm just, like, depositing <laughs> garbage. Now,
3: just going back to, and forgive me, renters, forgive me for being a bourgeois pig, but let's say you do have a mortgage, as all three of us do. Yeah, I'm no financial advisor, but the first thing I did, I did not want to do the suspended payments for the reasons that we've talked about, um, but I rang the bank, sat on hold for two and a half hours, which is not as mm. bad as Centrelink, but still pretty brutal, yeah, and ended up um, going interest only. So, Faye, can you explain the difference between suspending your payments for six months
1: and going interest only? Well, interest only—you're not paying anything extra, but what you are paying is that interest that would normally compound. You're not getting ahead, but you're not slipping behind. Behind. And and that's the big thing. If you can avoid okay. slipping behind, um, it'll just make make it easier to to transition back when you get to the the other side of this crap.
3: It's, it's what I'm now thinking of as the Steve Allen approach. So, again, our professor that we keep talking about, he said, yeah. you know, so Michelle and I were talking about the fact that we're eating more, we're drinking more. You know, I even started smoking. I stopped again. You know, doing shit that we're not supposed to do because we're all freaking out. And I thought he was going to say stop doing that. And he just said, just don't get worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're drinking a bottle of wine a day, don't drink a bottle and a half stay at a bottle and I yeah. thought oh my god that's such good advice and it's a sort of similar weirdly similar thing with the mortgage just try yeah. not to get
1: behind try not yeah. to end up in a hole that you've yeah. got to
3: get yourself out of
1: the banks will be under pressure to um to give some people relief but they're not going to give it voluntarily that's really shitty. I mean, you know, and I'm just waiting for the news of their next, um, you know, when they post their their quarterly results and their, you know, how much they've made for their, their um, shareholders and, and all that sort of stuff. And oh, the only way that you can sort of look at all of this shit and feel okay is to check in and, and have a look at what's happening in the U.S.,
2: we are so lucky right now, and that's we my are. coping mechanism. And it always has me. Yeah. Well, for this is, I keep saying to people, but what about these other people? My, when I say people, I mean my family. But what about these other people? I said before, it's like it's <laughs> the
3: simplest things are the hardest to learn. We all know this, like as a as a profound truth that there is no certainty. But we spend yeah. our entire lives, me included, like avoiding that truth. Yeah. I don't know why, but the story that just popped into my head was yeah. the the story that's very sort of infamous within our circles but probably isn't known more broadly, which is of Fiona R. working toward, you know, her autobiographical sitcom for fucking years, like more than a decade, it being made, it being bought by a, a large commercial station and literally I think days before it was due to air them going, nah, you're right in the sense that in our industry, we're a little
1: bit more used to that. Like it's still a gut punch. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason I'm a real estate agent now and not. Yeah. Still <laughs>
2: okay, but it's a different I, kind
1: of gut punch.
2: May I tell you another great story about the SBS? Yes. One night, I'm a young comedian and I'm there on a Tuesday night, and I go into Trev's office out the back, and and I creep in there like a little kitten who's not sure if they're really allowed to be in there, and there is Fleety. Please is calm, if you get my meaning. He's calm. <laughs> and <laughs> blocil, But he is actually in pain because he's lost a feeling. And he's, he's sort of there at Trev's desk in the office and Trev is the old, beautiful old hippie man, always, you know, smoking pot, who ran the room. And Trev is saying, all right, what are we going to do about this tooth, Fleety? You've got to go on. And Fleety's going, oh, this tooth is killing me. Even though he was docile, it was still actually getting through the docility, would you believe? And so it was decided and I was there and they said to me, they turned to me and said, what are we going to do about this tooth? And I was just so excited to be included. And I (laughs) said, I don't know, but I'm, I'm happy to help. What we ended up doing was packing the empty cavity in Fleety's tooth with blue tack. Oh, far out. And we were using a biro as the implement. Oh, Jesus Christ. This was back when Fleety had his bob cut. Remember the page boy bob cut? (laughs) Yes, and so I held his face while Trev packed, with the biro, packed the tooth full of blue tap. And then Fleety went on stage and, of course, was wonderful. I've never been happier in my life. The moral of the story:
3: If you are having some financial difficulties in the middle of coronavirus, and maybe you get a bit of a tooth issue, all you need is some blue tack and a biro. And I'm and saying,
2: you know who's coping better than um, you know who's coping better than anyone in the world right now? Fleety Greg Fleet. Oh, absolutely! I'm such
3: a nerd, but I know we've got to finish soon, and I can't stand a loose end to remain untied. Yes, my love. So I'm going to bring us back. To the mortgage holders, and yeah. I'm going to come in with my bourgeois nonsense yeah. because I rang Clay actually for advice on this. Long story short, and there'll be many people listening in this situation. A mate of mine's a dancer. So, of course, all her work is completely gone, and her husband's an artist. So they're fucked. Oh, yeah. And they have a, a small mortgage, but it's a lot for a dancer and an artist. Yeah. yeah. And I sort of said to them, okay, so try and go interest only. What's your interest rate? And they said, oh, it's 5.2%. I said, no, no, no. So they sent me through the statement and they are at 5.2%. I'm like, this is mental. Like even a kind of standard, you know, big bank should have a low three. Yeah. At the worst, you can get a so low So
2: how, how is that possible then? How have they ended up in that situation?
3: Oh, long story short, they tried to get... A refund because it turns out, yes, indeed, they had been paying five two point two percent because the bank had not passed on any of the rate cuts to them. They're now on 2.9%, which would have, I don't know how much it brings their payments down, but hundreds a month. Hundreds. hundreds of dollars a month. Now's the time to do the shit that you don't, none of us want to do, which is to yeah. actually look properly what What are the interest rates that banks are offering, even if you can't change to at least ring your bank and go, you know what? So and so is offering two point two percent fixed for two years, and you've got me on three point
1: seven. What can we do? And look, banks will negotiate. You know, we've got shame on them as well now, and name them and shame them, and yeah. then when they're shitty like that, they're like any other shop. I mean, ring them yeah. up and say that you're talking about you're talking
2: to another bank, and they'll soon come at you with another deal. I mean, it's really that yeah. simple.
3: Yeah, exactly. I know. What sort of things yeah. are you telling your clients who are in financial stress at the
1: moment? Just get things down on paper so that you 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 know exactly what you're doing. Um, you know, it, it's against everybody's natural instinct to make a budget when oh. you're in in peril and stress. Make up numbers; it doesn't matter if they're right <laughs> or wrong. I mean, it really doesn't. If you can make a start and say, so "This is what's coming in." here's what needs to go out, here's yeah. the huge disparity, then you've at least got some some idea right. of where you need help. But just talk to people and reach out. And, look, Jody and I are on um, Insta and Twitter and all that crap. Just shoot us an email. We'll help anybody. VCAT are, are around. Um, consumer affairs are
3: really handy. Yeah. And there is, and I can't think of it, but I'll give it to Michelle to put in the notes when, when um, it's the podcast is published, but there is a really good free government financial counselling service as well who yeah, will yeah. do a lot of that, like, legwork with you. So if you're going to get, I don't know, your utilities cut off, no one should be getting their utilities cut off at the moment. No. Like, if you don't know how to negotiate it yourself, someone else can do it for you and ring and go, yeah. and you're not fucking cutting off the gas.
2: Going silent is the worst thing you can do, isn't it? You know, what? just giving them a call and talking about it, saves you so much stress and it keeps them I that's such a hard lesson to learn and you don't nobody wants to do it but it just keeps everyone happy and it it keeps the lights on. I'm sure all three of us being um
3: performers, I can't be the only one who at some point has had an unexpectedly massive tax bill. On the advice of another friend, this was about, I don't know, eight years ago or something, I rang the ATO and just went, I can't pay that bill and they're like, That's okay. What can you pay every week? But I think In, especially at the moment it's the same with utilities it's the same with a whole range of things like don't avoid it yeah uh, confront it and if you can't confront it get someone to help you confront it yeah make a noise
1: people yeah. pay attention if you're making a noise can I say
3: and I mean this 100 percent sincerely she's not paying anything there's no sponsors but I if you are selling or buying a house like you need to contact Faye and Jody. Like you really do because um, I cannot stand having worked in homelessness, I cannot stand fucking real estate agents <laughs> and I would marry you both if I was allowed. Like I can't imagine even how wonderful it would be to be able to rent through you and not deal with the indignity that so many like rental Thanks. agencies inflict on tenants. So if you're in the market in any sense, you contact
1: Faye and Jody. Thanks very much, guys. Love you both.
2: Thank you so Bye. I would I would root you on the side of a marriage and not feel one bit of guilt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby.